Welcome back to Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder. Back with me is Jacob Resnick. And uh, folks, we, ha- we have baseball back. Uh, games haven't started yet, but teams are in camp and, and, uh, and our Metsies are... Uh, are, are pulling together. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, exciting time. A little scary, but uh, hey, we'll take what we can get. What's happening, Jacob? Not much. Um, hope every everyone listening had a uh, an enjoyable holiday weekend. Um, yeah, like you said, it's 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 exciting, but it's really weird at the same time. Um, you know, seeing seeing what's being put out there, pictures and videos. It's kind of funny um, that all the the beat writers are are there at at the the stadium watching them practice, but they're being sequestered in the press box and uh, their, their uh, pictures and videos seem like they're from, you know, a hundred yards away. Um, so it's, it's kind of baseball. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, and, you know, with players that are continuing to drop out from other teams or test positive, it's, it's, I'm, I, you know, I, I've said it every week that I've been on, but cautious optimism is uh, continuing to to be just the way I'm approaching everything. Oh yeah, I think um, ever changing landscape is probably just a you know an understatement at this point. Um, you know, I guess Louis Rojas was talking about um, I guess lauding the organizations. Uh, Michael Conforto too. On Saturday, they both spoke to the media and uh, both gave really like in depth and. Uh, you know, they were actually really like enjoyable press conferences. Both of them ran over 15 minutes. Uh, you know, um, I love hearing Louis speak and we'll get into Conforto in a second, but um, everyone kind of seems to be on board with the, I guess the, the rules and the guidelines set in place regarding distancing, regarding staggered group workouts and, you know, whatever, whatever makes it work, whatever, you know, whatever puts safety paramount, that's kind of has to be the way right now. And, um, yeah, I, I guess self-policing within the organization themselves, the players themselves. Uh, I know Mike Puma from the Post brought it up during the press conference. Um, is this turning into a camaraderie thing? And I certainly think that that could be a, a route. Just, you know, you have to take it day by day. It almost feels like getting ahead of ourselves might be, um, you know, just unrealistic because you don't know what's coming next. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we're starting to, hear these, these press conferences and the players and coaches, they get asked the question like, you know, how long is it going to take for, for everyone to, to feel comfortable with, with everything? Um, and, you know, I don't doubt for a second that Mets and, and every other team in baseball are, are doing, you know, everything that is being asked of them from MLB and they're following the guidelines that were laid out in the operations manual. Um, and I think everyone's kind of, living with it and that's fine. But the more important question is, is that enough? You know, they can be comfortable with what they're doing, but if what they're doing is not enough uh, and you know, guys, it's kind of shocking really um, how many guys are, are uh, already testing positive from the, the intake testing. Um, You know, the, the numbers came out from, the first, uh, the first batch of testing, it was announced those numbers. And I think it was something like 30, 35, six, seven, eight around there. I can't remember the exact number of tests, which was, uh, you know, among players and staff that, that were tested only represented about 1.5% of, of all tests were positive, but you know, 
any 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 number of tests that are positive are the people were 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 saying, oh, that's it's a good sign that that there were only 30, 30 something positive tests. But any any positive tests are, are not good because you don't know uh, where those guys have been, who they came into contact with, what they're doing outside of the field. Um, and it's just it's it's cause for concern, uh, I think. And then you have guys like Freddie Freeman who are, you know, people, people are kind of putting out there like, Oh yeah, but they're not really big names or are testing positive. Well, when, when Freddie Freeman is, is testing positive, that's a, that's a huge name. Um, and then when it pushes other guys like David price, um, and Mike Trout is even considering sitting out. Um, these, these names are, are considering sitting out because they don't think it's, it's safe enough. Even, even as safe as MLB and their teams could be, they don't think that that's safe enough and worth worth the risk for their families. Um, now Zach Wheeler is expecting a, a baby within the, the coming weeks, and, and he's not sure if he's going to play either. And you know, the Phillies are probably one of the teams that have been uh, decimated the most already. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm glad that that the players who are are participating feel comfortable with with what they're doing i'm just not sure that what they are doing is going to be uh you know above and beyond what's what's necessary yeah i know you know personally i think that you know positive test results were were unavoidable especially at this point in camp and as players kind of filter into camp and even in a spaced and staggered format um you know there's going to be there's going to be transmission. It's just, it's inevitably, it's, it's inevitable. It's science. Uh, having this happen at the beginning of camp, um, it's certainly a plus in a sense, I should say, regarding, I guess, more along the lines of, you know, mild cases will be um, good to go by a hypothetical reopening day on July 24th. Um, you just, you have to hope that, that, you know, none of these guys are, are more than just a mild case because what happens in that worst case scenario is, is everything that we're doing in this, uh, not we, but is everything that major league baseball and organizations, everything they're doing, you know, all these, these measures and, and precautions everyone's taken. If someone gets seriously ill or someone's hospitalized or someone's, you know, uh, riddled with 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 long-term complications from this that's um you know is that a price that the union was was willing to take like at what point is it say all right well guys this is might be you know we may have bitten off more than we can chew here because someone's really really sick um you know i I, i'm not sure if i would say i expect more players to opt out i'm sure that's gonna be coming down the line too um I'm wondering if this is going to be widespread. I'm wondering if things are just going to get a little too hairy and guys can be like, look, we're, we're out. I mean, it's, it's almost um, expected that the veteran guys who are financially secure, you know, they'll right. probably be the first ones to say, all right, you know what guys, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is, it's just not safe, but you know, you have the, 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 the Pete Alonzo's or the, or the Fernando Tatis's of the world, like the young players who are still making, um, you know, league minimum or, or just, you know, pre-arbitration money. And, uh, you know, these guys, you kind of got them under the, under your thumb. If you're major league baseball, if you're, or if you're a, a team owner and that's, um, it's unsettling to say the least. Yeah. And I, 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 um, I think I tweeted it the other day that, 
it's it's a lose lose situation for these young guys. If you're if you're still under team control, um, you know you're weighing playing and risking your health um, because you're you're around the this situation and and by being around other people, you're you're exposing yourself. So you, that's what happens if you play. And if you don't play, you're not getting paid the the small salary relatively that you were going to make anyway. Um, and I'm pretty sure that players who sit out aren't getting service service time. I've seen conflicting reports on that, but I'm probably 70, 30% sure uh, that players who set out are not getting service time. So then you're delaying your free agency by an extra year. And that's pushing you back further. And, you know, in terms of how close you're getting to being on the open market and, you know, for a guy like, Tatis, if he doesn't sign the extension before then, closer to when he can make, uh, you know, the the insane amount of amounts of money that he does deserve. Um, but to your point about, um, you know, guys potentially getting serious cases, I think it was it was Freddie Freeman's wife who was quoted as as saying that it just hit him like a ton of bricks, and it was just the worst thing that he had ever had. Uh, and I think he's doing better, but he um, he was not in good shape at all. Um, and then you mentioned about, uh, guys continuing to assess the situation as we go along. And I think it was Andrew Miller who has a high up position in the, uh, you know, the union, uh, player representation, um, said he thinks it's definitely not a hundred percent chance that, that the season starts on time or if we do have a season at all. So, um, you know, it's definitely an evolving situation. Um, and I, I hope that, you know, the, the, capitalist mindset of major league baseball can be shoved aside for uh you know these weeks and months and we can see this as a as a human issue um which on on one side could be it's certainly beneficial to the humans who are the fans of baseball and the players of baseball to to have a season and provide that entertainment but on the other side uh, you know there are so many people that could potentially be at risk for um for this. I mean, just, you know, Chili Davis, it was announced that he's not going to be with uh, the team in New York for the time being. Um, you know, if, if this is a situation where someone can't be at his job because uh, it's not safe for someone of his age uh, and health condition, then, you know, I don't, I don't really see why, uh, why the whole thing is worth it at all. So um, yeah, like I said, evolving situation. Oh, of course. You know, and my, I guess my train of thought is that if the players and the staff and if everyone's on board with this, if everyone's okay with, uh, you know, okay is probably being used very loosely, but if everyone's, you know, on board with assuming this risk, you know, I guess we just have to kind of wait, you know, on the edge of our seats and, and hope that everything works out. But yeah, it's uh, it's scary stuff, man. Um, Michael Conforto, he spoke to the media on Saturday, on 4th of July, which I found a little strange, but it was actually, like I said earlier, really, really cool. Um, he touched on, he pretty much ran the gamut, um, talked about the guidelines, talked about, um, I guess, just, you know, the mindset around the team right now. He touched a little bit on the... Uh, I guess in the, the negotiations, he's the Mets uh, union rep. Uh, the negotiations from from this, uh, 
hiatus and then what's well he didn't really elaborate much but he did acknowledge that there is more to come on the uh, on the 2021 side but and you I, know, I thought it was i thought it was funny that he uh he did mention that he went upon the the first question about the negotiations he said something to the effect of he was looking forward to not having to uh to talk about that anymore and i uh, i can't blame him Oh yeah. No, I got a good chuckle out of that. I think we all did. And, you know, I guess it, it certainly had to be a, uh, a brand new paint job and what he's used to as a, as a major league baseball player, especially thrown into that sort of fire. But, um, you know, I, I, I did, I did take away one point from, and I guess I'm just going to jump back on the, on the COVID guidelines. Uh, he, he finished up his little, I guess I'll call it a little soliloquy because it was really just a really, really nice little sequence of, uh, of quotes, but I'm going to quote him here. It's, we have to be really vigilant. We have to be really responsible. We make sure we have all our guys out there when the time comes. It reinforces. I mean, yes, it's scary, but we know what we're getting into. We're well aware of the risks. Um, you know, I, I take that for what it is. I take that at face value, I guess you could say, that, you know, these guys do want to be here and they they just kind of want to get back to work. And, you know, it's it's impossible to ignore the risk. but um. You know, I guess, like I said, hope for the best. What else can you do? Right. And I think that's kind of what I was mentioning uh, a little bit earlier, just saying that, you know, having a season um, benefits the fans and they get to see baseball and, you know, fans who love baseball and, and we're missing it for this whole time. But, you know, the players are, are, are you know, it's not playing baseball is not something where you wake up Monday morning, you know, loathing, getting up and going to work. You're a professional baseball player. There are millions of people who wish they had your job. Um, so, you know, these guys want to be here. I mean, kind of, I guess you can make a counterpoint and say that no one really understands the risks just because, uh, you know, the virus hasn't been around that long relatively to, to actually know what, what the long-term effects of, of contracting even mild or, or an asymptomatic, uh, you know, strain of, of the virus, uh, will do to you. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, and I agree with you. I thought Conforto's words were very poignant and, um, I thought he, you know, represented a, a good, a good face for, for the organization. And, um, I think, and we, we've touched on it, just the, the, the camaraderie that, that this team has is uh, at least from the outside seems to be very, very good. And that, that they'll be able to, um, you know, kind of put a, a team effort together to, to combat all of this. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to hear, you know, good to hear very professional and uh, you know, smart words from, from someone like Conforto. You got to lock him up, right? Like, that was that was kind of like icing on the cake. Like, all right, you know that he's he's a producer. He he's a, he's a, he's certainly a valuable player um, on the field. Um, the way he handled that, you know, it was uh, it was he, he maybe not the first player to speak at length, but um, that's certainly the first one to stand out in my mind. I, I enjoyed what Seth Lugo had to say on Saturday, but uh, yeah, Conforto really just stepped it up, and you know, as a fan, that's really cool to see. Um, he, he did speak about the Mets, you know, the baseball team in general a little bit. Um, oh, there's a baseball team too? <laughs> there, there is. It's not just, you know, it's not just safety precautions right now. Um, he, he did note that the uh, addition of the DH to the NL could be huge. Uh, points to Cespedes and J.D. Davis as forces in the lineup. Dominic Smith, who we call the great hitter, 
um, they all could see regular time in, in the uh, in the lineup and get more, I guess, more consistent in bats. But um, there's a new wrinkle we heard on, I guess, late Saturday, uh, late Sunday evening. Uh, there's a new wrinkle. There could be another bat, another glove in the mix. Uh, Jed Lowry. It, it appears that Jed Lowry is healthy and uh, back in the swing of things, or at least uh, trying to get back on that horse. He's adjusting to his new brace. Jacob, this is probably like the fourth time I've asked this all. Well, at least the, at least the tenth since he signed. But do you think Jed Lowry can be a contributor to this team? Uh, well, first, I just want to clarify. Did, did you say get back on that horse? Is that what you said in regards to Lowry? Because I just want to make sure it's not one of Cespedes' horses. Uh, uh, oh, very good. Uh, thank I, you, did thank you, thank you. <laughs> I did say that. I did say that. I have absolutely no idea what I mean. And his, his press conference today left uh, a lot to be desired. Um, I mean, uh Luis Rojas said earlier in the day on Sunday that, that he's a full go. Lowry's no restrictions and, and the the brace that he's wearing while while doing baseball activities is I guess just still for whatever support he needs. But um, you know, Rojas said he's he's past any restrictions. Uh and then um you know, after after that was when Lowry actually was able to get onto the field for for workouts because you know how they're they're staggering the the workouts. They're doing three per day, and Rojas is speaking after the first group. Uh, so I think Lowry was out there in the second group, and and the beat reporters uh, snapped a, a video of him doing base running home to first sprints, and uh, seemed like he was going. Uh, at less than half speed compared to everyone else. Uh, so it's not like it was just a drill that everyone was jogging through. Um, but he certainly was running kind of gingerly. Um, and then after, after his workout, he, he spoke to, to the reporters and um, he said that he's confident that he'll be able to, to do whatever um, he's asked to do. Um, and then was asked about the specific nature of his injury and said, uh, that he was not going to share what what he had been going through most recently uh, because he didn't want to create any distractions. And uh, said, <laughs> I, got quote, a, I got a giggle out of that. He said, listen, that's something that I'll leave up to the Twitterverse. He said that specifically. Uh, so Jed Lowry is keeping an eye on Mets Twitter, apparently. Um, look, I, I, I have no idea. Um, I mean, it just seems very suspect kind of the, the state of, of him, because it, you know, if you were a hundred percent with no restrictions and you were past whatever you had, I, I don't see why you would have any, any second thoughts about just saying it and why you have to use this language where it could be parsed in a, in a billion different ways. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I mean, given that there's a 30 man roster on opening day, I, I would say there's a, a non-zero chance that he's on the opening day roster um, just because he's, he's making uh, a pretty penny this year and, and it would probably look better on the organization if he's on the roster, even if he's not hundred percent healthy. Uh, and he could probably be aged. I mean, he took at bats in September last year. Um, you know, I, I doubt he'll be able to play the, the field or if he's even high enough on the depth chart right now where he'll have a, a spot to play consistently, uh, even if he can play the field. So um you know, it, it's really just a messy situation uh, from my perspective. And again, the, the language that's being used is, uh, you know, not 
not inspiring a lot of confidence right now. No. And it, to me, it kind of alludes to something more serious than a, a mystery left side ailment. I think something was, you know, maybe this was a, a serious injury and, you know, he can't, maybe he can't say, talk about it now because, you know, what if it comes out that, oh, it was, a, it was a, you know, a torn ligament. What if it was a, a back thing and he had surgery? Like, oh, why didn't, you know, why wouldn't you tell us that? <laughs> but, you know, this is, um, it's a private entity. They don't really have to disclose all of those things. So um, I guess, you know, as a fan base, we have to grin and bear it. I'm sure the press corps is a little, uh, you know, <laughs> bewildered as to what's going on, as are we. but. Um, and they're, yeah. they're asking the they're asking the right questions, you know. They're they're pressing. Oh, for sure. And and the, yeah. the 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 words that you could take to either mean that he's 100 percent or that he's at zero percent or that he had something or that he didn't have something, you know, it, it just uh, doesn't doesn't really look great on on his part. It's just so odd, and you know, just to kind of echo what you were saying, it's just <laughs> how this is all played out has been. Um, you know, I think this is go. This would go right at, at near the top. It has to be somewhere near the top of uh, of ninety percent Mets uh, all time Twitter uh, all time Mets moments because it really this is just it's it, it's it's a soap opera. Like, how does this continue happening? But um, and I've seen, yeah, you know what? I've, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just want to say that I've seen people on Twitter comment something to the effect of "Who cares? Who cares about Jed Lowry?" Well, if they if they weren't paying him ten million dollars or actually $10 million last year to take what nine plate appearances or $10 million this year to, you know, not know his status, then, then no one would care if he wasn't getting uh, paid, if he wasn't taking up that much space on, on the payroll. Um, yeah. But he was brought in to be a significant contributor. I mean, if this was, if this was a, a guy who was a non-roster invite in spring training, no one would, you know, no one would be asking this many, you know, these many questions. Uh, so it's, yeah. <laughs> not not fun well you know and then on the flip side of that coin you have non-roster invitees especially these guys who are filling out the 60 man who who certainly you know they incite a little bit of um excitement I, I'm, I'm i'm i won't lie i'm actually eager to see what Melky cabrera could do um in a dh or a roaming corner guy kind of role like um I, I don't know how much time he's going to spend in the field, but if they're going to work him out there and he's a, he can hack it, sure. You know that his bat's there. I think that's going to be a, um, a nice addition. And and the Mets have gone out of their way and, and kind of reinforced a bullpen that they kind of focused on this offseason. And, and they're really just um, over-supporting the back end, which, you know, you can never argue with that kind of train of thought. Um, Jared Hughes, who I guess he signed right after we spoke last time on the show, uh, you know, I know you were saying before you hit record that this could be a big move, and I, I'm certainly on board with you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was I was kind of uh, uh, pleasantly surprised. I guess um, he had been with with Houston in spring training on a non roster invite, and then had an opt out, um, which he exercised, um, and then the the Mets picked him up. I think it was the day after we we recorded last week's episode. Um, really, you know guy that, that if you kind of just been casually paying attention to baseball over the last 10 years, you might really not know about him, but he's, he's been around for a while and it's just really quietly been very solid. Um, spent a long time with the pirates, uh, quite a few years with the reds. And then he was with the Phillies, um, last year and, and 
last year was probably his worst year on the surface. Um, some of the, I guess, more predictive ERA measures and kind of like deserve run average and some of his pitch pitch metrics were, were fine and, and, and we're kind of at the levels that they had been in the past. So I'm, I'm not too worried. And, um, they were certainly able to get him on a, on a, uh, a cheap deal. I mean, it was, you know, I think prorated, he's only going to be making, uh, something in the 200 to $300,000 range. Um, and obviously a lot of people know him from the, the infamous Twitter video last year of, of him, you know, running a full sprint in from the bullpen and, JT Realmuto, the camera caught him waiting for him on the mound. He rolled his eyes and it looked like he was rolling his eyes at, at Hughes his, uh, his, uh, sprint, <laughs> his sprinting, um, which, which was very funny. Uh, it was. Even funnier is his, his player photo for the Astros where he's making a yeah, face. Have you, oh my God, that's great. I think he's, he's been doing that on, on photo day every year uh, for the last few years and just stares down the camera. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's, you know, it, it should be made clear that he's not being brought in to compete for the closer role, you know, out of the gate. I think he's out of the the Brad Brock, Justin Wilson mold where he's going to come in and you can rely on him to give you a clean inning in the seventh, you know, if you need it. Or uh, maybe he can work the eighth, get out of a jam, comes in with two guys on base. Uh, you just need an out. He's uh, a sinker baller, so he gets a lot of ground balls. That was the thing last year. He wasn't getting a lot of ground balls as he usually did. But um, And I don't know if you've, if you've seen his, his Twitter stuff, but uh, great follow because he's he's very you know in tune with the, the pitch data and, and, and pitch design, all that kind of stuff. He's posted some really cool videos of him uh, you know, showing off the, the tunneling of his, his sinker and, and, and slider, and he believe he has a split finger that he, that he uses as well. Um, so yeah, just, you know, adding to the depth in the bullpen. And I think, you know, what it, what it really does is because you're going to end up having, um, you know, maybe 10 or 11 guys in that bullpen because of the 30 men roster to open the season. Um, so the goal really should be to shorten the amount of, of spots that you feel like are kind of teetering on the edge. Like, who am I going to give this last spot to? Is it, is it Jacob Rame or is it Walker Lockett or is it Daniel Zamora? You know, if you can shorten the amount of spots that, that you need to decide between something like that uh, for, um, I think you're, you're setting yourself up for at least a, a higher, uh, higher floor, uh, I would say. So, um, you know, people were on Twitter were kind of surprised, like, oh, why, why is everyone so up in arms about this guy who's just going to be a middle reliever? Well, you know, you need, you need guys who you can count on in, in those spots because, uh, you know, you never know when, when the bullpen might be tired one day and you need someone like that to, to work the, the eighth, uh, seventh or eighth inning. So uh, definitely a solid signing and uh, definitely, definitely boosts the, the depth that they have now. Oh, for sure. And, you know, he, he's, he, he's very effective against right-handers, 238 batting average against last year. Um, majority of his appearances were against right-handers, 194 plate appearances. But he faced lefties 95 times and um, held them to a 193 batting average at, against. So, you know, I think we've seen over the course of the offseason, the Mets have kind of been going for that reverse split, versatile sort of reliever to fill out those depth spots. And I think that's a, a smart move, especially where you don't know how much – starters are going to give you 
at this point in the season. You just, you know, there's no telling how long it's going to take for these guys to get stretched out. I know Rojas was speaking a little bit about it on Saturday, and he's like, yeah, you know, we're going to, guys are going one, two innings right now in BP, but, you know, we we have to kind of just make a schedule and go buy it, and they'll keep us posted. And, you know, that's paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a big question mark, and there's a lot of question marks, but, um, having viable options to kind of bridge that gap is never a bad move. No, absolutely not. And I think, you know, they, they were, or at least Brody Van Wagenen was kind of um, adamant that they're just going to go into the season with, with their five normal starters who are going to work on a, a normal schedule. But, you know, I think they, they have the opportunity to get a little creative with their, their pitching. Um, if you want to maybe combine Rick Porcello and, and Michael Waka into one super starter and, and just have them kind of split the duties for, for the, their, their turn in the rotation and, uh, you know, have Porcello go five and, and Waka go four. I think that's certainly something you can explore. Um, you know, just like a, a good old fashioned minor league piggyback game. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, Waka still has those, those incentives in his contract that, that kick in when he, he makes uh, appearances of three innings or more. It could be a start. It could be a, a relief appearance. So that works for him. And then uh, maybe that fifth day, you you end up kind of bullpenning it. And if you have, um, at least for the first, you know, when you have 30 guys on the roster than 28 guys on the roster, you have more guys in your bullpen, so they're not going to be as tired. Then on that fifth day, maybe you can go to Lugo for three innings to start the game and then bullpen yeah. the rest of it. Um so I think they definitely have the opportunity to to get creative with with what they have and and adding someone like Hughes. I mean, it just adds, um, you know, one more guy that that you feel comfortable with going into those those transition innings, if you will, um, rather than just throwing out the the typical guys that we that we've seen in in recent years. Oh, for sure, and you know, don't get me wrong, the Robert Kazelmans and. Brad Brock's of the world are uh, are useful and serve serve a value, and then that's that's great, and it's good to have him here. But yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know, additional options who can get outs are um are are good too. So that that's that's great. Dylan Betances, we saw him throwing a little. Uh, I guess just pictures and a couple of videos of him throwing on Sunday. Uh, looks like he's feeling feeling well. Looks like he's in uh, in, in you know back to form, I guess you could say. Um, I haven't seen any word on, on his velocity, but uh, I know he, he was referencing the hiatus as a blessing in disguise. And um, you know, the, the pieces are here, man. This is a sprint. I said earlier in the week on Twitter that um, Luis Rojas, who's uh, led a Dominican winter league team to a championship in 2015, 2016. Um, you know, it's a 50 game season. It's a round Robin, but it's 50 games. Um, he, he has, maybe arguably a little bit more experience than other managers might have with this as far as bullpen usage, as far as load management, if you want to, you know, go that far into it. But um, it's, you know, it, all of these things are encouraging to me. Again, it all comes back to <laughs> let's hope we can get a full season in. Yeah. And I mean, it's encouraging to the point where you need them to, to show, show the results um, because if, if the Tansis is coming out at the start of the season, throwing, 89, 90, um, and that, that kind of changes the equation. And then it pushes guys like Brock and, and Hughes into higher leverage roles than, than you, uh, than you had 
brought them in to 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 be in. Um, so <laughs> it, it goes. I feel the same way about about the the physical baseball players on the New York Mets, and as I do about the way that they're going about the uh, you know the guidelines and everything. Cautious optimism. I I'm say it all the time, but. I'm cautiously optimistic that that Dylan Betances is uh, what we've seen in the last few years uh, over in the Bronx. Yeah, you would hope so. And just, you know, it, it's a whole lot of ifs and a whole lot of things need to fall the Mets away. But um, I, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further than cautious optimism. I'm really, really excited about this team. And I think in a short season, um, vulnerabilities that might have been there over 60, over 162 games might not be there. And um, you just have to, again, you have to kind of hope the cards fall uh, the right way in certain cases. You have to hope that, you know, no one sees a very prolonged slump that could turn into a literal, a half season slump over the course of a month. Like that's, um, <laughs> you know, that's wild. And I like the idea of having depth. So if you see a guy kind of start struggling, boom, you can, you know, replace him and keep that value out of that position or out of that spot in the lineup there. But um it's going to be un- unconventional. I think that's going to be the name of the game this year. I don't think we should be shocked by anything. It's going to be, um, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. Sure. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting to pay attention to those AL East teams a little more than we have in the past. Keep, keep tabs on, on those guys. And, you know, since the, the Mets will be playing them for, uh, you know, not, not too many games, but certainly a, a more sizable portion of their schedule than, than, they have in the past and um you know we're gonna we're gonna get to know our, our NLE's friends uh much better than than we have in the past that's cool you know and i'm not one to um i, I won't i won't i'm not shy to admit it i watch the yankees i'm not a yankee hater um i really enjoy watching the rays when they come into the bronx or when the yankees play them i really do that's a fun fun team love what kevin cash is doing i'm um yeah I, i'm ready for anything right now and i i hope that uh you know, I feel like it's going to be like Legion ball where you don't have much of a book on some of these guys and just going out there and playing like that's cool to me. I, I I'm looking, you know, there's many aspects that I'm just like, hey, shrugging my shoulders. Let's do it. <laughs> um, you know, the sprint, the expanded playoffs, all of it. I, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm just really happy to have baseball back. Same here, man. Yeah. All right. I think we touched on our bases. Just a short one this week. Jacob, you got anything coming out on your end this week, bud? Uh, I, do, I have a story that I've had on the back burner since I was, it was actually supposed to come out um, right probably the day when, when things got shut down in, in March when I had been down in spring training, um, kind of touching on some of the, the bullpen guys. So uh, hopefully get that out this week. Um, other than that, it, it's nice to have, I guess, new developments on, on the baseball field coming coming to us. And, you know, we can uh, talk about recapping press conferences and, and what they did in their simulated games and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, just taking it as it comes. Yeah, man. I logged like 2,000 words on Sunday. It was um, It was a pleasant, pleasant change from the last like four months. It's refreshing. It really is, man. Like the, the flip was you switched back on. It was so much fun having new stuff. But uh, yeah, um, keep an eye on Metsmerized, everybody. Uh, Simply amazing, of course. Subscribe, rate, review. 
And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. We're going to have new stuff to talk about every episode. I'm, so, I'm just, I'm over the moon. All right, <laughs> Jacob, thanks for coming on, bud. Um, everybody, we'll see you later in the week. And uh, let's fucking go Mets. Let's go Mets!